hog. What are we going to do? We're going to molest this hog. <laughs> Is that what I say? Yeah, you use a little bit more colorful descriptions. <laughs> I just want to hear you say it because I don't know if I've ever heard you say it before. <laughs> uh, you, you might burst right. into flames or something. I don't know. I know. No, I don't. I, nothing would happen, really. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I forgot. I have to record my audio real quick for you. I'm glad I remembered that. Yeah. <laughs> it's been an interesting show. Yeah, I'm like, oh, hell, it's just Matt talking <laughs> to himself <laughs> and having a conversation wow. with his imaginary friend. <laughs> we need to send some help over there because he's obviously lost it. <laughs> he's hearing voices. He's talking to somebody who's not there. Uh, I'm excited. Are you, uh, are you seeing Dr. Sleep? Oh, uh, yes, I can't wait. Yeah. For Doctor Sleep, that's t- t- you're doing tonight. No, we didn't get a screening here, so I'll just have to see it on my own this oh, weekend. No, that sucks. No, we get very few, if little, screenings, which is weird. We have more BFCA members in Oklahoma City than they do in Dallas. Yet we don't. We get very seldom get good screenings here. Well, what's the deal? Like, I mean, I mean, it's not like they're seeing a print over. They just have to send a file, right? No, it's just a POS kind of a market i guess they just look at oklahoma city and go eh we're not gonna do anything there i mean we get all this obviously we get all those screeners and everything but as far as doing physical in theater screenings uh, it's very very rare that we get you know most stuff right. like we're getting a few things this week for like we got midway jojo rabbit and knives out because it's it's award season so right you know they're right. doing you know there'll be four of us sitting there watching the film but Normally, on a, any given week, we don't get any screenings hardly at all. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, so I just head over to Regal on usually Thursday night or Friday morning and check out whatever I want to see. All right. I'm going to start recording. I'm like, let me test that real quick. Let me listen back to that real quick. Make sure it sounds all right. I'm already recording on the other on the other one, both of us, which I like. It's the R. It's the R. It's the unrated version of our. Oh, show. nice. Let's see. Should never make the light of day. <laughs> oh no! It, it does. Oh. <laughs> All right. I'm just going to start recording now, and I leave it to you, good sir. Welcome to this week's Entertainment Answer. It's the podcast edition. I am Matt Mungle. Always so great to hang out with you guys. Love seeing you over at theentertainmentanswer.com and hanging out with us. And joining me as always on the show, the bright and cheerful, always dapper, Mr. Brian Kluger. How are you, my friend? Oh, not so bad. Good and you? Oh, not so bad. Wait, <laughs> is that how it goes? That's, you stole my part of it. I did. I stole your part of it. <laughs> how are you now, like, you? No time for pleasantries. <laughs> uh, so for all you Letter Kenny fans out there, you got why we're, we're saying this. And other people are like, what do you mean he stole your line? He can't just ask you how you're doing? <laughs> right. That's why you need to watch Letter Kenny. Every, all you people need to go watch that show. Yes. Uh, all is well here. Halloween came and went. It's November. I can't believe it. This year has gone by. You know what? I, I know. It, it. You know, people say when you get older, time goes by faster. Um, and I was like, eh. But I, I don't know. It just seems like it's it's just flying by. And I can't 
can't get a handle on slowing it down. I can't find the throttle. Um, you know, and I'm, and I'm, I'm blessed. I mean, like you, I love what I'm doing. I have every day's a great day and an adventure and get to do things that I never thought I'd get to do, but man, it goes by fast. It does. It is super fast. I can't believe it. I can't I like it's holiday <laughs> season. I know, which, which is again is good, but it seems like we just, we're just talking about summer and now we're back into Christmas again, you know, and Thanksgiving and, you know, and all, all the festivals that you're going to be festiving here in the next several festivus a festivus for the rest of us yes i'm excited and i just i i love this time of year i love the holidays i actually love going uh department store shopping and shopping in all the stores that get in the spirit of the holidays and christmas and because i love like the smell i love the decorations i love it and they've started already and i'm very happy about it you wouldn't know, know that about me, would you? You would think mm-hmm. I would like no, it dark and gloomy. Not really, because I mean, anybody who's ever met you, it's like you know we said on the show before. You're always just so upbeat and chipper. You've never had an enemy. You just I don't know. You just you seem to just enjoy every moment. So yes, yes, you watch some weird and creepy and dark things, <laughs> and yes, yes, your your mind sometimes scares me. Uh, but at the same time, I could see you. I could see you trip, you know, skipping through a Macy's, just smelling smells. <laughs> I'm gonna do that this week for you and film it. <laughs> smelling smells, skipping along Macy's. No, it's, it's, you know, I'm having visions of Will Ferrell and Elf. You know, just skipping through the. I'm in love. I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. <laughs> it's true. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know what I've like I've wanted to what I need to do is like when I go into a department store and I'm just walking and I see like somebody trying on a jacket or something like that and I'm just going to go like that looks amazing on you and give them the thumbs up and just keep walking. You should, man. That's just awesome. <laughs> that suit is you. That suit is you, man. Keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> just so funny the world needs more of that though you know we get so much in our little bubble and we we don't want to interact with people we want to just you know we're, we're worried about whether offending somebody or shocking somebody and sometimes we just need to just reach out and just be kind to strangers <laughs> hand touching better hand. yes well let's not go too far let's not go too far like we did oh i, I wish all of our listeners could we, we just need to read our texts in the morning to each other <laughs> <laughs> this no. morning in particular was no, so funny. We, <laughs> we really don't. Uh, I just, it's just, it's just so good. I look forward to them. <laughs> oh man. I just, I just love, I, I love this, this seeing this is this type of season. We're yes. past Halloween now. We can be happy. Yes, it's true. Oh, it's so great. Well, uh, well, let's, we're going to talk about the box office a little bit because again, this is like to me. This is my NFL. Like you know, some people every Monday they look and see, okay, what's the NCAA rankings for college football now, or you know, where are the Cowboys now that they beat the Giants, or you know, the Patriots lost. People look at that. I look at the box office. I don't know about you, but I just love to kind of see where everything ended up. It, ma- I- it makes me laugh. The box office for sure. A lot of the time, and this, yeah. this week for sure made me laugh. <laughs> Which part of it made you laugh? All of it. Oh my god. I mean, I know you wrote it down last week, and I think I was right in my uh, – I, w- I was correct in my my uh, guesses, but uh, I, sent, I actually sent you a text about the box office earlier this week, didn't I? <laughs> yes, about 
the number 10 film, which <laughs> this is this is the funniest part to me on this. There's a film, the animated film came out called Arctic Dogs, and it's so bad they didn't even get the title right at the box office. They called it Arctic Justice, which is <laughs> not, not even the name of the movie. If you look at the box at the U.S. box office, it came in with 2.9 million, and it's like Arctic Justice. The, the name of the movie is Arctic Dogs. I mean, it, that just it doesn't bode well. They're like, whatever your name, whatever movie that is. Oh, it's so good. It's I mean that's gold. I like I feel like they should use that in their marketing campaign. <laughs> the movie yeah. nobody wanted to see, even like the marketing people got it wrong. It's like, you know, like like when you go to a party and you're like at the back table and your placard doesn't even have your name on it, that they like call you by something totally different. Like <laughs> we don't care. Uh, so, but this this movie Arctic Dogs like didn't. I mean, it's weird because it's an animated family film, and usually those movies make tons of money. But this one didn't it, like get an award for being so terrible at the box office it should but what's weird is nobody's heard of this thing and you're right it's a pg film um you know about these arctic dogs who work at the post office and they want to be the big you know huskies and you know it's it's this feel-good movie and it's got the voices of heidi klum james franco jeremy renner i mean these aren't people that like (laughs) normally would these john cleese angelica houston alec baldwin how does a film with that many big name voices come in at, at number ten and nobody's even heard of it? Well, number ten, and also I think they said it's the worst opening in history. It is. It is the worst <laughs> opening in history for like an animated film. Or, oh, oh my goodness! Like, like what? What went horribly wrong with this? I mean, you know, granted, for somebody who like myself who you know, cut the cable cord a long time ago. But, you know, I'm online on Reddit and FARC and YouTube, and I get press releases, and I don't remember any sort of marketing for this movie. Like, None. I, I don't remember any of it. So I don't think just really anybody knew about it. Right, but isn't that a, a shocker? And I hate to keep beating this this little poor little dog, but with this, the voices that are in it, it seems like... Heidi or Jeremy or James, somebody would have posted, "Hey, I'm in it. I'm voicing this dog," or just like they just, you know, just did it for the check, maybe. And they're like, "Whatever." I, I just, it's just funny. I'm like you, it's funny to me. It just cracks and me up. And watch it be like an actually good movie. Oh, it's probably very cute. It's probably one of those that you know, when we get the the Blu-ray or the DVD, I'll probably end up watching it with my son or something, just randomly, and it'll be like, oh, "That was a really sweet film." But, you know, it all comes down to marketing, and they obviously didn't market this one. No, Arctic Dogs. Yeah. And so, you know, okay, so it was the worst opening of a movie ever for being in as many theaters as it was. Like, it was almost in 3,000 theaters, which is like what Terminator was in, Dark Fate. You know, the same, almost the same amount of theaters that Terminator was in, this Arctic Dogs movie was in. <laughs> I know, but, but if people, you know, and, and there's no toys associated with it. There's no... You know, it's not in a McDonald's Happy Meal. It almost takes that sort of thing. But can, you can, know, when, yeah, no, it does. Like there, there was nothing to it. It just kind of like, oh, we're just going to release it here. 
yeah, here you go. But it's almost you, like they didn't ahead. want people to see it. It's like we're going to put it in the theaters and maybe nobody will notice. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's very weird. And you know what? You know, try. I'm I want to do the math on that for real because if you let's say three thousand theaters it opened in and only it made what like two or three million dollars. It made two point nine. Let's let's round it up to three. Let's just say three. Three million dollars. Okay, how many math. people in the theater? And those screenings were there. Like it had to be what, like five people each in each theater to see that. If that, um, if that, I mean, we could probably do the, the, uh, the math real quick. Let me see. So if we had <laughs> three thousand theaters, uh huh. How many seats are in a theater? I mean, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say, uh, if it was a big theater, two hundred, three hundred, or probably more. But let's just say, let's just say two hundred and fifty. <laughs> All right, so 250 times Uh 3,000, that means there was 36,000 seats available. Okay. What's your average average ticket price? Um, I mean, between 10 and 15 bucks, I would imagine, right? So 12 bucks? Let's do 12. Maybe they went to a mountain matinee. So let's do (laughs) 2 million divided by 12. That isn't right. I don't. I, you know, I'm talking about. Let's do the math. <laughs> That's not I'm right. Like, it's got all these numbers, and I don't know what I'm. I th- I, we would just take three million and divide that by twelve dollars, right? And that would tell you how many people went. Yeah, let's try that. So, 166,000 people went. Okay, That's so not bad. Well, 166,000 people went in 3,000 theaters. So I don't know. Thousand. <laughs> That's not going to work either. Uh, it, it probably wasn't a, a lot. <laughs> that's what we're getting at. Divided by 3,000. I don't think that's right either. So roughly there was like 55 people per theater. Okay. And that, and you know, if you look at like, that's maybe a quarter full, if that. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, yeah. So I don't know if we should have done the math or not. Anyway, so it did horrible. <laughs> probably people out there going, Guys, you aren't even close to how many people were in there. <laughs> hey, we're we're not mathematicians here. Oh, <laughs> come on! You want a math podcast? Yes. Now, what's sad to me though is, as we mentioned, number ten came coming in at two point nine million. But Motherless Brooklyn, the new movie written and directing and starring um, Ed Norton, barely beat it. It came in with three point five million. <laughs> So, I mean, and and I'm hoping maybe that was, I don't know how many theaters that was in. Maybe that was a very limited release in theaters. I think it was a limited release, yeah. Because I love Ed Norton, and I felt bad for him because he this was a really huge passion project for him. And it wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't horrible at all. There were, there was about 30 minutes I would have shaved out of there. But um, it wasn't horrible, and we love Ed Norton, but... You know, I just—I mean, he barely beat out Arctic Dog slash Justice. Yeah, the title's not good, and the—I mean, are you going to spend twelve or fifteen dollars at the cheapest to see that movie in the theater? Granted, in, in this day and time with everything else coming out, you probably could wait to to rent it. Um, I wanted to see it in the theater only because you know I like supporting Ed Norton, and I you know I wanted to see it and write about it and get some more people in the seats, but. uh there, there, I had some issues with it. If you want to read my review at theentertainmentanswer.com, um, it's worth seeing, but it is probably one of those that, you know, wait until the comfort of your own couch to check it out. Uh, and that's probably what really hurt them. 
in the midst of everything else. Yeah, because there is a bigger movie that came out this weekend. You know, it is. And it's funny, last week, you know, we talked about the battle between Maleficent and Joker, how Joker was ahead of Maleficent and Maleficent jumped ahead of Joker. Well, then this week, Joker's back up ahead of Maleficent. So they, they kind of go back and forth. They're only separated by 0.4 million. They're always so neck and neck these last few weeks. I kind of like watching them battle it out to see who could come in. So Joker came in at number two and Maleficent at number three um, for this time around. Are you surprised Terminator Dark Fate is number one? No, I said that last week. I was like, it's going to be number one. It's a Terminator movie. But it didn't do it well horrible. either, though. I know, and see, that's another thing about the box office. I mean, it, it, it came in number one with $29 million, uh total weekend gross for USA box office, and they're calling it a flop. They're saying, oh, horrible opening. We're losing money. That's sad when you when you open at $29 million, over double what number two came in at, and you're still considered – you know, a bad opening. Well, I think Hollywood gauges it on the opening weekend because that's usually the biggest part of it, the biggest money maker. And the movie sure. cost one hundred and eighty-five million dollars. So, you know, did you the, like it though? No, I actually wrote a re- I wrote a review on it, and I did not like it. There I did a, not like it. Yeah, so many people liked it in my screening, and I was like, "What are you watching?" I, th- <laughs> I know I saw so many articles where people were like this is the second best Terminator movie after Terminator, you know, the second one. Um, I'm like, really? No, I mean, not. granted, the other ones weren't good. I mean, <laughs> that's saying, oh, well, you know, this dirt clod is the second best dirt clod I've ever eaten after this dirt clod, but. You know, it's still at the same time. I did, I just didn't. I I thought Linda Hamilton was my. She was horrible in this she, film. I, I said that in my review too. I, I said like Linda. I love Linda Hamilton, but her character and she deserves better uh, writing and a better character here. I mean, Arnold was solid gold. Like he was that deadpan humor. Mm-hmm. I, there, there was like two lines of dialogue that really got me laughing. Um, yeah, yeah. There's two. Good, yeah, he he's funny, and I loved Arnold in this. He is the best part of the movie. But I I couldn't root for the new Terminator. I couldn't root for Linda Hamilton. I no. couldn't root for the person they're trying to to say. There was there was nothing in this that I could engage with. And then every time Linda Hamilton opened her mouth, her character would just it, she was just bitter and mean, and and there was no humor or no no believability to her at all. So, I mean, the effects were great, but yeah, I, I, there was nothing in this to engage with at yeah, all. The effects were good. However, all the action sequences looked like they belonged in a Fast and Furious franchise and just took out any emotion out of it. It was like, oh, let's see what big spectacle we can make. Mm-hmm. And it was very heavy handed of the same exact action sequences and story as one and two. And I was like, oh, why are we rehashing everything? Why? Please do something different or just follow the post-apocalyptic story about the Resistance and the Terminators. They've never done that. That would be an amazing story. But no, it's the same thing of Terminators coming back to present day. So I was – I didn't like it really. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I didn't didn't like it either. I I walked out of there just – and I wanted to like it. I went in excited about it because I was like, oh, well, we got a new Terminator. And you know, it's kind of like the new Halloween you know, where, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, you know, Laurie's back. And, you know, we've seen, you know, we had First Blood with Rambo coming back. And we had all this, you know, and we're like, oh, we get to see Arnold and, um, you know, and Linda Hamilton's character. You know, we get to see them again. And yeah, I was just so disappointed. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it wasn't, I would say save your money unless you're a huge Terminator fan. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Save your money. Because even like we said, the effects were great and the sequences were great, but we've been there, done that so many times that, you know, even those aren't worth box office money to see on the big screen. And with everything we're going to talk about later in the show, everything that's coming out this coming weekend and in the future, I mean, Terminator is going to have a hard time staying up on the top slots. There's going to be so much other stuff out there worth watching. For sure. Yeah. So uh, anything, any other surprises about the box office that cracked you up or surprised you? Or um, There were two. What, what was number two and three again? Well, uh, Terminator was one. Joker was back up at number two. Maleficent was number three. Then, then Harriet came in at number four. Yeah. It's their first week out, which I'm, I'm happy for Harriet. We talked about this last week. Films like Harriet need to be shown and made and seen. So I was, I was glad that in a world that we live in that it still brought in almost 12 million. Came in at number four. Yeah, that is four times the amount of Arctic dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Four times the amount. Which that kind of makes my heart feel a little better. There you go. That's that's yeah. good. There you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well, you know, it's funny because uh, I'm, I'm looking at what we're going to talk about. There's so much stuff we're going to talk about this week that I'm excited about. Uh, you pose a question, and as, you, as I'm reading this question that you posed, I'm looking at a picture of the guy because every time I click on anything, I see his face. Um, have we had enough of Dwayne The Rock Johnson? That sounds like a loaded question to me. What do you mean? Have we had enough? In have, what area? So he, like, you said it perfectly. You can't go anywhere without seeing him. He's involved in everything: movies, HBO, TV, wrestling, UFC. Uh, you know, you can't go anywhere without like really seeing him. And so, um, his shtick now, his his movies. He's he's releasing two, maybe three a year, and they're all the same movie. He does not... Uh, he's the worst actor in the world. And probably, oh, 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 slow your roll. He's he's one of the worst actors in the world, but he's paid the most. Um, and he's he's the same character in every movie. And I get it. He's kind... And in the movie The Rundown, his first big feature film, The Rundown, uh, at the very beginning of the movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger walks past him and says, have fun. He's, he literally passed the torch to The Rock. And I'm a fan of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies in the 80s and 90s. Like, that was you, – you need those types of movies. And I think The Rock has taken, taken on that much to a more family-friendly level than Arnold did. But I just think I, – I think it's oversaturated. I, I don't look forward to The Rock movies, you know, even though uh, I go see them. I don't know why. Maybe I'm a masochist. Uh, but I, I think there's just too much of it. Don't you think it's the same character every time in my Uh, opinion? There's a lot in there in your statement. I agree with, and a lot I don't agree with. I do agree that we see him a lot. Uh, I do agree that he's the same person every time, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with, I mean, it's like, I love Jennifer Aniston. We're never going to get a different Jennifer Aniston than the Jennifer Aniston we get. That's who we get. There's so many actors that we enjoy seeing, and they're always the same. Brad Pitt's kind of always the same. George Clooney's kind of always the same. I would disagree. They're always very recognizable and the same. Matthew McConaughey, he does some great performances, but he's still Matthew McConaughey. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he has his his little things about him that you recognize. It's hard for him to blend in. So he's always going to seem the same because he's always going to stand out. 
So you can't you can't look at him and go that's a different that's a different rock than the other one because he's always going to be that that person. But I enjoy that. I enjoy that. I love Kevin Hart. You know me. I love Kevin Hart to death. Kevin Hart's always Kevin Hart. Right. And, but I, but I think Brad Pitt is different. He's a he could be a character actor if he needed to be. But The Rock, it's. I mean, and I'm with you there. Like, I think there's too much of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, but I subscribe to his charisma and like I enjoy it. That's why I still go see the movies because I started to say because I can't think of a movie he was in that I did not like him in. I mean, I just rewatched. Uh, we're going to talk about this when we get to the Blu-ray section. Hobbs and Shaw. I saw it in the theater. Just rewatched it again. He's fun to watch. I just like him. I like his attitude. I like his character. He seems to be very, very legitimate. Um, but you know, but I don't watch him in other th- arenas like you do. I don't watch WWE. I don't watch him outside the movie realm. So I might not get a much, as much of him as you do. Uh, but for what I see in the movies, yeah, he does have. They're coming out all the time. He has movies like Rabbits. Um, but that's fine. I'm okay with it. So to answer your question, I don't think we've had enough. I don't think we need any more. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if we need to increase the amount of. But Dwayne you are. Hart. There's like three movies he has coming out in 2020. Like I know he spreads them out enough that you know, and we're not seeing him in commercials. We're not seeing him in television shows. We're not seeing well, he's him. Like a, he's in ball HBO's Ballers. He has. He had a reality <laughs> show. He had. He's everywhere. I guess I just don't really watch all that then. Okay. You know? And but most of the Dwayne the Rock Johnson stuff that comes out. Like the new Jumanji's coming out here in a couple months, the remake of that. Yeah, the, Jumanji, the second Jungle Cruise. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that. I mean, it's going to be fun. It's different. He's with, you know, because he's usually with a strong ensemble. It's like with Hobbs and Shaw. They paired him up with people in the movie that, that make him, it's not just about him. Right, right. And I think that's probably where he works best at. I don't think he would work best as a leading man, but more of a side character. But I could be right. Yeah, but then you know, but you can throw him in films like um, what was the one, the other one with Kevin Hart where there he's like the CIA spy. Oh yeah, the C- Central Intelligence. Yeah, that was so funny to me because he was just like this really random ner- used to be a nerdy guy who bulked up and he's still kind of quirky and odd and so I don't know, man. I like him. I I'm fine. He's not one of those people that I'm burnt out to the point where I'm like, oh, I don't want to see this guy again because he's annoying. If he was annoying, that might be different. Because I, I think he has the charismatic feature, kind of like Arnold, you know? I, he, you just like liked watching Arnold movies, and I think that's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, because it is kind of the same, and it's sort of the same with Sylvester Stallone, and you always kind of get the, the same character, you know? Right. We joked, we joked about that you know, several weeks back. I mean, you kind of forget that Rambo and Rocky aren't the same person until they <laughs> get violent, you're like, oh, yeah. Not the same. same person. <laughs> Not the same. Uh, yeah, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I, I, yeah. I, I'm fifty. I'm on the fence about it. I was like, oh, another Rock movie, but I guess I'll go see it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll go see it. And damn it, I liked it. <laughs> and that, and yeah, and that's the reason he makes as much as he does because they know if the studios know if they put him in a movie, you're going to moan and complain about it but you're gonna go yeah and you're gonna like it and you're gonna tell people about it and they're gonna go cha-ching yeah i don't know how much does that guy make man i wonder how much he makes a year oh i i he's on always on like the forbes list of like the biggest paid actors ever i mean he's making 20 million or more a movie for sure yeah now what what does that do to people like the willem defoe's and the and the people who are trained 
fantastic, amazing actors, and they're not even making and I've, touches of that. I've said this before, and I've talked about this, the pay gap in Hollywood between men and women or men or whatever, the worst actors in Hollywood make the most money, like The Rock or Vin Diesel. Um, and, or Mark Wahlberg, they're making tons of money. Whereas like Tom Hanks or Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Edward Norton are making a fraction of that per movie. And I think it's because literally the rock, Mark Wahlberg and Vin Diesel put butts in seats. They do. Cause they're, you know, there's not a, there's not a 16, 17 year old out there. Who's going to rush out to a De Niro film or a motherless Brooklyn. But right. they're going to go watch the new Fast and Furious, and they're going to watch the new Hobbs and Shaw, and they're going to watch the new Jumanji. Yep, yeah, you know? that's how it, that's how it works. That's it's how as it works. simple as that. If Tom Hanks was making Fast and Furious movies, he could probably <laughs> get twenty five million a picture, but he's probably getting ten to fifteen. You know, it's know. still a lot, but it's it's not Rock Wahlberg or Vin Diesel money. <laughs> and that's why you have idiots out there creating podcasts who don't know nearly what we know and they're getting a lot more money than we are <laughs> true <laughs> we, we, have to, we are the ed nortons of podcasting and i'm fine with it i like <laughs> I to have too. quality content <laughs> i know quality over quantity yeah so it's 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 we it's it's so strange and funny to me you know it's just it i, I laugh at it because you think like you see like the a movie like Motherless Brooklyn where Edward Norton is excellent in it or Eddie Murphy in My Name is Dolomite, you know? It's like, wow, excellent actors, but they're getting a fraction of something like Wahlberg or Vin Diesel did in whatever latest action blockbuster. And it's strictly the fact that these movies are making hundreds of millions of dollars where Motherless Brooklyn came in at, what, $4 million? Yep. <laughs> yeah, so it's they're not putting butts and seats if they nope. did they would they could demand it because there was a time when jim carrey was making 20 million a picture because he <laughs> would be he was making hundreds of millions of dollars in his movies and that's not the case anymore right and that's somebody that if we would try time travel back and you would ask me have we had enough of jim carrey i would have been yes there we've we've more, there was not a time when we didn't have enough. But Jim, Jim Carrey, Carrey is he was so big. annoying to me. I could not. I can't watch Jim Carrey films. Well, because for like the first five or six movies he did, he was the same like go crazy face melting comedy character over the top. But then you saw his progression into horror and darker stuff, drama. Andy Kaufman and like the dude is a seriously good actor. Um. And then, like, that's something The Rock could never do or Vin Diesel. How do you know? How do you know, like, he couldn't do, like, The Rock couldn't do Hamlet or... He's not going to do Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, The Rock needs... The You're Rock not going to like, Off-Broadway and Les Mis? I mean, no, it's good. Like, I mean, if you ever go back and watch Attitude Era, The Rock on WWE, like, the dude is perfect at delivery. He has a character, but it's, it's one note. Like, you see it. I don't... See him doing another character like Jim Carrey was able to do in so many movies later in his career. And I don't think Wahlberg uh, or The Rock could do that. I think they have their shtick. I think they do it well. They make money at it. And they just add a different element. Monsters, space, earthquakes, whatever. So... 
right. yeah, that's that, that's that's how I think about it. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I just you know I just I didn't know if maybe the rock had wronged you in some way and you're like have we had enough of this guy but, no no but i mean you know it's like the same no i, I got you yeah I got yeah you. yeah you know every, every now and then it's, it does seem like you see him everywhere but again you see him everywhere because he can't blend in it's always gonna no, be like he, he does and he i mean he shows up to places and you just think like what if he just released one movie a year instead of three or you know, but he has the TV shows. He has his sports stuff. He has his. He likes to stay busy. Yes. Well, yeah, crazy busy. I can't imagine yeah. anybody working harder than him. Yeah, I can't fault him for that. Well, uh, and then also on the, on at first when I opened up what we're going to talk about and just give you people behind the scenes, we kind of list out some things that we want to talk about so we can keep things flowing. We like throw out ideas to each other, and I thought maybe I had opened up one from like 1998. Maybe it was one of those lists from there because it says Barnes and Noble having 50% off Criterion. I'm like, Barnes and Noble? Is that st- even still around? Where, where are you going to find a Barnes and Noble? Everywhere. B- Borders still? Books and Music is the one that went out of business. Barnes and Noble is still up and kicking. And really? Yeah, no, I love right, Barnes and Noble. Right. And I so, mean, I love Barnes and Noble if I can find one. I love going in and sitting down, and I just, I just love being surrounded by books. And so I, I'm a huge proponent of Barnes and Noble. I just, it's very rare to see one. No, it, it, I, we, where, where are you living? There's like ten in Dallas. <laughs> Still, really? No, yeah, and they do well. They, they're huge. Right. They're great. But uh, a few, a few times out of the year, maybe twice out of the year. Um, Barnes and Noble does a huge sale for you movie fans and the Criterion, which is like the Neiman Marcus of home video, the Criterion collection are all 50% off through the whole month. Um, and then in addition to that, kind of like under the table, Arrow Video, all the great horror and sci-fi films that are getting kind of like a Criterion-like, uh, treatment on Arrow Video are also 50% off. So, um... It's excellent, and if you have the Barnes and Noble membership, which gets you an extra ten percent off, you're getting sixty percent off of these movies. And which you need? You, no, yeah, no, it's, no, it's great, sixty percent off. So you're basically paying for a Criterion, which is normally retails for about forty bucks, uh, thirty nine ninety nine. You're getting for like seventeen or eighteen dollars, and that's with tax. Um, so if you've missed Criterion stuff or Arrow Video stuff. Yeah, check out barnesandnobles.com or go into the store, and you'll save a ton of money. And it's through the whole month, too, like through uh, Black Friday and all of that. And I just love mentioning that to people because Criterions and Arrows are usually pretty expensive because they have the best home video releases. But having a 50% off or 60% off sale, that's the way to do it. And it's super fun to look at. Yeah, it's like the three-wick candles at Bath & Body Works. Yes, yes, Bath and Body Works. Hey, now they're gonna have their sale coming up soon for their winter lotions. I know, like you don't walk into a Bath and Body Works and buy a three wick candle just on face value. You got to wait for the coupon or you got to wait for the sale. Yes. So, so now, so that's the, that's cool to know. So, yeah, all you people out there looking to save some money, Criterion and Arrow Video, fifty percent off Barnes and Noble if you can find one. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> island are you living on <laughs> where there's no barnes and noble oh i should get out more uh, yes you should oh uh, uh, yeah so that's always good now um again i feel like i'm, I'm reading a sheet here instead of the 
segueing very well, but you're just bringing up these interesting questions to me this week that I, I don't really know. I feel like there's hitting agendas in all of these questions that you're putting out here. Because <laughs> you literally just asked me, should streaming service movies be considered for Oscars? Because that's a thing. There are many filmmakers and theater chains that don't think that. Well, they're dumb. I agree it's with you. It's a movie. It's being released. And that's why I think movies like The Irishman are getting into a theater for a couple of days so they can be uh, for the Oscars instead of just releasing it on Netflix so, like it was supposed so, to be. So what you're saying is if something's strictly 100% streaming, like a Hulu original or an Amazon original, should they be considered for Oscars? And of course they should because yes, a lot of the Amazon – Netflix is the only one that puts theirs in theaters. Amazon films, Hulu films from – and they all have studios that release films. They don't put them in the theater sometimes, don't do they? I or think do they? Amazon does. I don't think Hulu has, but I think Amazon originals have been in theaters. Yeah. Uh, and Netflix does not release them. However, I think in order to get under the Academy Awards – like radar to be considered for an award, they have to release it. It's something like ridiculous, like in two theaters for like 24 hours or two days. Right. So they'll do that New York and LA most likely. So just for that, but I think it's like, like Steven Spielberg and uh, like, that's a big name and other theater chains are like, they do not deserve to be with our Oscars. I'm like, they're making movies the same way you are. What, who cares where they show it at? You know, they're right. still making well, hundred million dollar yeah. movies or more or less. It's making a film. Why can't they be up for an award? No, I, I agree. I agree with that. But you know, there there is a criteria though. And maybe I misread your question. I took it to mean like streaming services could be considered for Oscars even if they only stream. Like Netflix, The Irishman, obviously could should be considered because it's gonna be in theaters, but it's coming from a streaming service. It's not one hundred percent streaming only. No, I think it should be streaming only. Like mm. if, if somebody You're opening up a sticky wicket there, my friend. Why? Well, I'll tell you what, but there's an interesting article I posted on Facebook. I know you're not in social media, but if you go to my Facebook page, there was an interesting article from Variety where uh, the theater chief, the guy that's over all of the, the theaters like AMC, Regal, um, Cinemark, all of those, they have like a group and then there's like a, a head of all of those. You know, It's like a guy that they call him the theater chief. He was blasting Netflix over handling – the the Irishman because they only released it for a couple of weeks in theaters and he was like you know why are you doing this he's like you know you're just putting it out there for a couple of weeks you're not giving people a chance to see it you're not quoting how much they don't have to quote how much revenue they made they're not going to show their gross amounts so every all the theater owners are up in arms but I think they're up in arms because of the uh, of money they want people to come to the theater so they can sell concessions and charge overpriced tickets and overpriced food. Of course, of course, that's exactly why it's it's all about the money and that's it's why It's all upset. about the money. It's not about but, the customer. But I but I also tend to agree like I think Netflix is brilliant. I think it's it's perfectly fine for them to put the Irishman in theaters from November 1st for 3 weeks and then go straight to Netflix and then pull it out of the theaters. Theaters you only get it for 3 weeks on certain theaters and that's it. That's fine with me. They still should obviously be considered for an Oscar. Now, if they would have released it only on Netflix, never releasing it to the theater, I don't think it should be eligible for an Oscar. Why? Because the saturation of tracking that and how you would even – I mean that's like saying 
well, you know, a made for CBS movie. CBS made a our Hallmark. All of a sudden, every Hallmark film is going to be eligible for an Oscar. Yes, but you know, good now, for them. The quality's not there, obviously, to win an Oscar. But then you'd have to look at every movie on every single network because you couldn't just say, "Oh, only streaming people." Then you got to include all the networks. So if Sci-Fi has an original horror film, consider for an Oscar. If USA Network has an original film. But do you really think these people have egos the size of Jupiter to put their sci-fi channel or Hallmark movie up for Oscar contenders? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But but then it becomes so convoluted that how do you even – you still have to consider them. You know, <laughs> You still have to consider them. That's a lot to consider. I, I that's don't why know. You have, that's why you have the TV awards. That's why you have the Emmys. That's why you have, you know, even you know my Critics' Choice Awards that I'm a part of, and the Golden Globes. They include some television shows. They don't include movies too much. Some of them do original movies. You know, I just don't. I just think it's going to be too convoluted. Maybe I'm old school, but I think it has to release a little bit in the theater to be eligible. I'll stand behind that. I don't. I, just, I don't know. I think it's just you're making a movie, and it's the same as Spielberg releasing E.T. as Netflix is releasing. If they just released Irishman on streaming, I think like you're making the same type of budget of movie. You're you're in that realm. Why would it matter if it was shown at the local theater as opposed to your 65 inch screen at home? Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's that's a tough call. I, I, I can't I, I, both ways. I agree with. Part <laughs> of me thinks it needs to be in the theater for a little bit, but I also agree that a film is a film is a film. And if you make a great, amazing film, and you want to propose it to be considered, it should be considered. So I'm, I'm kind of torn. The artist in me and the critic in me battle that. I don't. I don't know. Ooh, that's, that's a tough it's a conundrum and an enigma it is. for Matt Munkle <laughs> I thought it was an easy question when he first brought it up I thought it was cut and dry I thought it was going to be no move on <laughs> or yes move on but now I don't know that's that's deep that's one of those things that because you probably have movies you've really loved and probably some of the best movies that came out like like um Dolomite is my name like yes that was released in a theater for a couple days but that's a streaming Netflix movie you know Mm -hmm. and that was better than pretty much every movie this year and and you know and it will be nominated I think Eddie Murphy will get a nomination right I I hope him Wesley Snipes and the film will be nominated Mm -hmm. it's so good yeah man I tell you though and I said this in, in a few reviews and a few shows and a few posts online we are seeing a huge paradigm shift and how movies are being released, and people are going to have to – and by people, I mean executives, studio heads, filmmakers, um, like the, the theater chief that's over all of the, the theaters in America. People are going to have to start thinking differently. You know what I mean? They, they're going to have to start getting out of that mentality of old schoolness, and I still have to a little bit myself. I'll admit it, and look at things differently. Movies are going to be released in different ways. I said this in an article what if we saw something where you know because we just we just talked about Netflix wanting to release something in theaters the theaters are like well it has to be in all of our theaters and we want it in many theaters what if Warner Brothers or Lionsgate had this romantic comedy or a kids movie like Arctic Dogs 
And they're like, you know what? We don't want to pay what we have to pay to get this on so many screens because they had to pay for every screen they want to be on. What if we went to Netflix and said, you know what? What if we premiered our rom-com on Netflix and don't even do the theaters? So the new Warner Brothers film is releasing on Netflix and not in theaters. That's not far-fetched. Right. Now Is there a problem with that? And just bypass the theater altogether and it's like this new romantic comedy from Warner Brothers, see it on Netflix. And they just start co-oping and partnering with stuff. I mean, I think that's going to have to be the case because, I mean, you have Netflix, you have Hulu, you have Amazon Prime. You can stay at home and eat your food, have your own snacks. But if you go to the theater, you have a family of four. You're talking about probably close to 100 bucks in tickets alone, plus food and drinks. Yeah, it's yep. a huge night out. And then you have to worry about some idiot sitting next to you on his phone or talking through the whole thing. And it could be like a real disaster. And I just think they... I mean, I know that they're doing a lot as far as uh, aesthetic, as far as like, oh, there's certain theaters where you can pay like 25 bucks or 30 bucks for a movie, but there's, you know, 10 seats and they're all leather recliners and there's food, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, I get that. However, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, I, They're going to have to start doing something. Um, no, I agree. Because I, we're seeing that shift coming. We're going to see a time when, you know, people are like, you know, they're going to boycott. And they're like, you know what? I'm not going to lay down 15 bucks to see a movie at the theater. I'm going to see it on Netflix or wait for home video. I mean, we're just at a time now where there's certain movies that that just makes sense. People right. like you and I who get – we don't pay to see movies. Of course, we'll see everything in the theater. But if I'm picking and choosing what – you know, it's like if somebody wants to see Irishmen in the theaters – and they have to buy two tickets. They have to buy snacks. They have to pay for a babysitter. They got to get gas money to get there. Or they're like, I'll just wait two, three weeks, watch it at home. Right. It's a no, it's a no brainer. It really is a no brainer. It's it's very. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it, it, it's something that's going to happen within the next five years, guaranteed. That the there's going to be an overhaul of the theater system for sure. Don't you think? Oh yeah, there has to be. There, there, there has to be. It's going to be different, or we're going to see a doing away with your average goer, and we're going to see more boutique theaters where you said it's just a small, intimate theater instead of a, a huge megaplex. They're going to have small, intimate theaters that only seat 50 people in leather recliners, and you pay a little bit more, but you get some perks for that for right. movies you want to see. Or we see more eateries like Alamo, Alamo Draft House, Studio Movie Grill, uh, you know. Movie taverns, places like that, where it's it's an all encompassing experience of food and dining and beverages while you're watching a movie. Yes, but yeah, there's going to be some changes coming. There you go. I yeah. like it. Yeah, well, I know we spent a lot of time, but we we do want to hit the, these last few notes really quick. We mentioned Hobbs and Shaw on Blu-ray 4K from uh, uh, some other things. So what what else is coming out on Blu-ray that you're stoked about, or you highly recommend people? You got even if you've seen it in the theater, you got to see it now. Uh, so scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, I think that's the title of the movie. Um, the, the 4k and Blu-ray is released today. I hated the movie so much, but it actually looks really good and sounds really good for being that horror esque. Um, so if you like that type of stuff, I know a lot of people like this movie. Um, so if you're into it, do it. Who uh, like? Yeah. Yeah. And Ooh. then, uh, 
Yeah, there you go. Uh, Universal Soldier, the Dolph Lundgren, Jean-Claude Van Damme film, uh, came out on 4K today. Oh my goodness, so much fun from the early 90s. Get it, it looks great. Uh, There's a couple commentaries on it, including Dolph Lundgren and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Excellent. And then if you're a big fan of Edgar Wright, Cornetto Trilogy, uh, Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, and The World's End all are available on 4K today. So and they look they look good. The upscaling is fine. The- they're they're not you know they're such recent movies. Um, I there's not a huge upgrade really you mm-hmm. know, and there's not nothing new on them. It's just like you get the 4K uh, to it. I mean, it, your Blu-rays should probably suffice to it. However, if you're just if you just want everything in 4K now, or if you don't own them, get them in 4K because it'll come with the Blu-ray and digital copy. But they're not huge upgrades. Gotcha. Like like Universal Soldier looks great now. <laughs> right. Uh, but, if, but if I but if I bought you know um, Shaun of the Dead a couple of years ago on Blu-ray, I'm still good. I you're don't need still to trash good. it. Yeah, I don't Correct. need to go get 4K. All right. I like it. Well, uh, looking ahead, man, I'm so excited. The box office, as we said earlier, is going to start shaking up. Um, man, I'm looking at this, what's coming out next week with Dr. Sleep, Ford V Ferrari, Honey Boy. Are you, ex- I mean, what, what's going to be the main thing? Cause I'm looking at Dr. Sleep and Ford V Ferrari as the two contenders to take number one next week. Ford V Ferrari is probably going to be the one I would think. So looking ahead at the box office, as much as I want to see Dr. Sleep and it's, oh, I'm so excited. I've read the book twice. I love Stephen King between those two. Who's going to win that battle? Doctor Sleep, no question. So you think Doctor Sleep will rank higher than Ford v Ferrari at the box office? Ford v Ferrari looks like a movie for old people. Like it's, I think it's going to get the old crowd, and I don't think it's going to do as well as you're thinking. I think everybody's going to go for that shining post Halloween Doctor Sleep because I mean, dude, I, you just made me throw down my jitterbug phone. <laughs> Ford vs. Ferrari, everything I've seen for this movie so far just looks like, oh, I don't want to uh, It's going to be fabulous. It's got Matt Damon. It's got Christian Bale, who's an amazing actor. It's his true story about about Shelby, who created this car for Ford to go up against Ferrari. And it's it's an iconic part of American history, whether you love cars or not. I'm going to be this shocked. This thing could win the Oscar for best film. No, it's not. I'm willing to bet that Ford versus Ferrari won't even bank in at two. <laughs> I think Joker or Maleficent, unfortunately, or Terminator will beat out Ford versus Ferrari, but Dr. Sleep will take number one. I could be wrong, but I'm usually not. <laughs> All right, here, here's the deal. Again, I am so excited about Dr. Sleep. I've been waiting for this film. When I first read the book, before it was even thought about being a movie, because I was such a fan of The Shining, I wanted this to be made into a film. I'm excited about where they're going with this. I love it. I would be ecstatic to see it number one. But man, there's something about Ford v Ferrari. I think now again, we got to look at how many theaters this thing's opening in. Is Ford v Ferrari only in L.A. and New York and Chicago? I mean, where, where's the theaters at? But I could give it a run for its money. And I think before the end of the year. I think when everything is said and done, Ford v. Ferrari will make more at the box office over the whole run than Dr. Sleep will, regardless you, of how opening it weekend. You is. really think that? I do. I don't I, think that at all. It's a it's a PG-13 film with Matt Damon, and 
um, Christian Bale about a history of car making and, and everything it has going in it, and it's PG thirteen. Yes. Yeah. So and it's it's being released. It's going to yeah. make more money than Doctor Sleep will. I, I I'm willing to put a bet on that for you. What you gonna bet? Let's let's bet. Okay, let's bet. Let's bet this. Let's whoever loses this bet. You have to film yourself going to Walmart and buying three items that will make the cashier super uncomfortable, and then. So we'll so Tuesday. I mean, so that Tuesday. Today. You just want me to film when I go to the store today? Or yes, what? yes. That's no, a you normal have to do day. That. You have to do that. That's a bet. But you know what? It's um, it, it's. I think it's being released wide uh, on November fifteenth. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I, I want to say the bet has to be like when we get to the end of the year and it's not playing in any theaters any longer, either film and look and see how much each film brought in for its run in the theaters. And we're going to see which one makes the most money. And so, and I, and I'm guessing, I think that, uh, Dr. Sleep is being released a week prior to this movie. So, uh, I think, I know that's why I think we don't want to judge it week to week. We want to judge it overall total box office money. Yeah, and Ford Ferrari, they're they're projecting it to gross twenty three to thirty million in its opening weekend, which will go alongside Charlie's Angels and The Good Liar. Don't you know? Don't put Ford v Ferrari in the same book with Charlie's Angels. Well, they're, they're being released in the same day, so I mean, Charlie's Angels looks like the worst movie oh, I see what ever you mean. made. You're saying it's going to make a lot of money because it's not going up against anything. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I, I mean, I would. Out of those movies, I would hope Ford vs. Ferrari would make the more money because that's the one I'm more interested in. But I don't – I will will tell you I want to see them both on equal terms for different reasons. I'm excited about both of them. I wish them both well. I do uh, for different reasons, but I'm excited about both of them. When we get to Oscar time, we're going to be hearing Ford v. Ferrari a lot more. We're going to hear Dr. Sleep, unfortunately. But that doesn't mean anything against the film. Right, and you know what? You look at – you know, look at the director of Ford vs. Ferrari, James Mangold. He hell mm-hmm. of a director. Like did yep. Copland, Girl Interrupted, Identity, Three Ten to Yuma. Those movies are excellent. Didn't make a lot of money. However, the only movie he really did that made a lot of money was Logan a couple years ago, and it mm-hmm. was nominated for an Oscar. Um, so I don't know if this will be that because I'm sure it'll be good. I just don't know about the uh, the box office way of it. Yeah, and, I, and I've interviewed Mango before, and Jim's a good guy. He's a solid – he's a great director. So uh, you know, I, I just think it just has a lot going for it. I just think it's going to be solid. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, – I, I mean I think I, I think it'll so be good. So don't just say – you, you said earlier it's only for old people. I think it, it, it's marketing to old people, and I consider myself an old Not person too. To I'm, I'm clo- closing in on 40. I remember when Ford released that Shelby, and I tell you what. <laughs> I was there when they were at Le Mans, and no, that's not who. That's not the people here. That's uh, the people who love the Martian. Martian's okay. my favorite movie. I want to see Matt Damon again. Matt who doesn't love Matt Damon. Damon? Everybody likes Matt Damon. See, Christian Bale skinny this time. Who doesn't want to see that? <laughs> he won his fat Oscar. Now he's got to win his skinny, skinny Oscar. Oscar. Well, there you go. Oh, it's probably offended somebody. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, this is why I love doing this show with you because we just you're we, ah you get me just I get you riled up get me riled up about stuff good so good good but but then I get to calm down when I win so it's always good hey I won this week didn't I 
<laughs> well, I think you're banking on me being old and forgetting what we talked about. <laughs> I thought like, you wrote God, it down. Was the one? Uh, I forgot where I put it though. Go back and listen to the show. Anyway, we'll always check out everything we do at the entertainmentanswer.com. I find Brian over at highdefdigest.com. He's got tons of other podcasts, not just this one. So uh, they're all fun and check them out. And uh, again, what's the best place to, is there a one central location they can find all your stuff or they need a, like a grocery list? Oh yeah. If they go to boomstickcomics.com or highdefdigest.com, it's all there. Boomstickcomics.com. That's the, how come I haven't mentioned that last couple of weeks? That's the main hub. That's the thing. That's the BK right there. All right. It's the porn hub. See, you just can't stop. You just can't let it go. You can't just end on a note. You got to just throw in one last porn. Porn. That's the best. Oh, we'll see y'all next week. (laughs) Oh, that was fun. That was fun. It's always fun. You you missed one of our things we were supposed to talk about. I was really excited about it. (laughs) And we were coming up on like an hour. Ah, that's good though. We having fun, sir. I know, I know.